Delray, it's a privilege to be up here with you guys and open God's word. Uh, my name is David Ruthia. I haven't met you yet. I've been a member here for going on two years in May. Um, so, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to open up God's word with you tonight. Um, please turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Our text this evening comes from verses 9 and 10. Colossians chapter 3, 9 and 10. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The city of Colossae was located in the uh, western region of the Roman province of Asia Minor, which we would recognize today as modern Turkey, modern day Turkey. The city was one of three which neighbored each other, the other two being Heropolis and Laodicea. The book of Colossians is a letter that was written sometime between 60 and 62 AD by the apostle Paul and Timothy to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Paul was currently in prison for, as he states in chapter four, declaring the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of Christ. Before we proceed, I thought it interesting to note that the letter is bookended uh, with grace towards his audience in the second verse and then in the final verse. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Our big idea this evening is that God commands his children to not lie to each other because they have been made alive to grow in Christ's likeness. God commands his children to not lie to each other because they have been made alive to grow in Christ's likeness. During our time together, we will take a look through three movements observed in our text. The first being God's command, followed by the reminder of conversion and growth in Christ's likeness. God's command. In the first half of verse 9, we see the apostle write, do not lie to one another. One of the first questions we must consider is, who is one another? As we said, the audience Paul is writing to are the saints and faithful brothers in Christ. The word saints used here in the original Greek is an adjective, meaning holy. So note, he's not writing to a group of saints and also a group of faithful brothers, but he's writing to the holy and faithful brothers. Holy not meaning righteous, that's something else. Holy meaning consecrated, separated from an existing people and devoted to God, exclusively his. By the word faithful, we understand that they are trusting, believing in and abiding in God's promises. In chapter one, we see they have heard the gospel, the word of truth and understand the grace of God in truth. The word brothers here is adelphos, 
meaning connected from the same womb, from the same national ancestor, sharing the same nationality, countrymen. In our text, the word one another, we get the meaning of a sense of a people who hold the, the same feelings towards each other, uh, or they act the same way towards each other. To be clear, this is written to us as individuals, but also to us as a church, one body, a family. Be aware there is not any room in the text to say we can lie to uh, non-believers, people who we know not to be of God's family, because as we will see, any deceit is to the opposite of the character of God. But what Paul is doing here is a specific type of cultivation among God's children, among God's family. The next question we must consider is, what is a lie? In this context, what does it mean to lie? The sense behind the word is falsehood, deliberate deception. We will define a lie as knowingly speaking what is not true. Another important point to consider, why do we lie? Why are we tempted to lie to each other? Is it a fear of people's opinions? Is it a desire to get our way at all costs? Is it the fear of missing out on opportunities if we were to be honest? Listen to this from James chapter three. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. We may summarize James to understand that lying can be motivated from jealousy, envy, and selfish or self-preserving desires. Let's look again at the first half of verse nine. Do not lie to one another. But why? Why not lie? Two reasons. First, Hebrews 6. It is impossible for God to lie. God doesn't lie. Psalm 119, the psalmist writes, the, the psalmist writes that some of God's word is truth. There's no lie in him. God is truth. Our second reason is that God hates deceit. Proverbs 6, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seventh are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies. Note, because we know that God is truth and God hates deceit, we understand that Christians are not simply moralists, simply because I said so. In the beginning, we were created to be image bearers of God. The privilege given to Adam and Eve was that they were made in the righteous and holy image of his character, holding attributes of their creator. Their nature was knowingly observable to be reflections of God. And what we're discussing this evening, known, understood, and spoken truth. However, when we look around us, when we look out there, when we turn on the news, when we scroll through social media, at times when we look among us, and to our shame when we look within ourselves, spoken truth has been distorted. 
praise God for his mercy and grace that we see in the second half of verse 9. The reminder of conversion. What happened to the Colossian brothers? Paul reminds them of their conversion. Colossians 3, verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Who is the old self? Chapter 1 puts it this way. You who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Chapter 2, you who were dead in your trespasses. Chapter 3, verse 13 states the old man belonged to the domain of darkness. And listen to this from John 8. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Down to verse 47. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. This is true. This is mankind. After the fall, after the distortion of sin, this is the old man. Distance from the knowledge and the truth of God, hostile to God and others, doing evil. As far as God is concerned, children of the devil and dead in sin. There's more to the old man. See the last section of verse 9. With its practices. The old man was united to habitual patterns. From chapter 3, verse 6. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Verse 8, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. Which brings us back to verse 9. Lying, knowingly speaking what is not true. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. The phrase put off in this sense means to, to separate from oneself or to strip off of oneself something spoiled or harmful. In the case of the old self, it is through the work of Christ that the old man has been laid aside. Chapter 2, verse 15, Paul states, He, being Christ, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The word disarmed here in the, has the same meaning of having put off the old self. Christ has conquered. Christ has triumphed and freed us from the domain of darkness. Brothers and sisters, this is the beauty of the gospel. Knowing that God does not lie and God is truth, we may conclude that our falsehood is a direct offense to God. Back in chapter 3, it is stated that because of these practices of the old self, the wrath of God is coming. God is holy, separate, and unique. He's not just like us, only bigger. He's completely other. His character is true and righteous. It was God who created us and not we ourselves. It's in God that all things hold together. God is good. And he's perfectly just. And in his goodness, he will execute perfect justice to all people. We have seen that by our very nature, we are distanced from God, hostile to God, doing evil, not children of God, but rather children of the devil. Blind inhabitants of the domain of darkness, living in evil habitual ways, and as a result, have all been condemned to God's judgment, walking dead in our sins. Rightly do the wrath of God. 
apart from God. The old self is simply the present self. Apart from God, by nature, that's who we are. Those presently living when we, and we, when we used to live in the old self, knew nothing of a new self. The old self knows nothing of the true knowledge of God, but rather suppresses it. The old self knows nothing of growing Christ-likeness. Instead, our minds were against Christ. We loved our sin. We took shelter and refuge in falsehood. Our minds, our actions, our speech were against the very character of God. But God, in his mercy, has planned and provided a way of salvation through the work of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. By grace, simply God's favor, the Father sent his Son to be born as fully God and fully man. He lived a fully obedient life to the Father, and then to die, nailed to a cross, having every drop of the wrath of God poured out on him. He was buried. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. It was there where God made way for his people to be alive together with him. It was there where God could now forgive his people all their trespasses. It was there where he canceled the record of debt that stood against his people with its legal demand for justice. It was there where he laid those demands aside. It was there where his people were qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. It was there where God's children have redemption and forgiveness of sins. It was there where he reconciled his people to himself by making peace with God by the blood of the cross. Friend, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you can look at your life and characterize it by the practices of the old self that we just described, if you don't know yourself to be raised with Christ, God's mercy is that you hear this good news. His command to you is repentance. Turn to God. Turn away from falsehood. Turn away from sin. Turn away from the trust you hold in yourself. Turn to God. His command to you is faith and the work of Christ alone, the work of God to save sinners, to make a people for himself. The only way to the Father is the Son. Friend, call out to God because he's worth it. Put your trust in his character. Put your trust in the work of his Son. To those who have repented, to those who have turned to God in faith, evidenced by the fact that they are still repenting, that they are still placing their faith in God. To those who have been forgiven, God has canceled your debt of sin and nailed it to that cross. It was there that your old self was given the death sentence. It was there where he disarmed or put off rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. It was there where his people were delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ. God has given his people a new heart, by the power and the work of the Spirit of God, you are now united to fellowship with God because of Christ and united to fellowship with his children. God's people have been born again, clothed in a new self, with a new father adopted as sons and daughters, with the promise of hope laid up for them in heaven. We who profess Christ have been put on a path of sanctification, a path of being made holy and righteous growth in Christ-likeness. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. God's people have been clothed in a new self, given a new mode of living, being renewed in knowledge. 
renewed in a right knowledge of God, a right knowledge of the Father, a right knowledge of the wisdom and the knowledge of the Son, a right knowledge of the Spirit. Colossians 3.1 commands, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not things that are on the earth. Just as the old man had its, its practices, so does the new man. The new life is characterized by righteous and holy living. The Colossian brothers, as are we, were exhorted in chapter 3 to put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Those practices continue through chapter 4. In verse 10, the word renew intends a sense of growth, growth from God growth in knowledge of God and godly living, growth in habitual patterns of speaking truth, as opposed to knowingly speaking what is not true, to falsehoods stemming from worldliness, falsehoods of paths to salvation and godliness according to human wisdom and human tradition that are empty and void of biblical truth and utterly worthless in putting off the old self with its habits and putting on the new self and true holy living. If then you have been raised with Christ, you have been made alive with him. Verse 10, after the image of his creator, its creator. The new self is growing in Christ-likeness. John 14, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our God not only speaks truth, but again, we see God in our Lord Jesus is truth. Therefore, how should we live, Delray Baptist Church? Are you speaking truth to one another? Is there anything that you are lying about to each other? Do you confess your sins to one another? Or do you lie to one another pretending you are walking in holiness? Do you speak the truth to one another or do you speak treat each other deceitfully. Church, God commands his children to not lie to each other because they have been made alive to grow in Christ-likeness. One of the outcomes of the cultivation of truth is a genuine unity, a genuine knitting together in love, a unity that produces trust and assurance in each other, and trust and assurance in Christ Jesus. Lying or knowingly speaking what is not true tears away at that trust, at the assurance we have in each other and the promises of God. Throughout the letter to the Colossians, Paul describes the, the toil, the struggle, the, the begging to God that the church in Colossae would reach maturity in full assurance in the truth of the gospel and promises of God. That is the truth of God, brothers and sisters. That is the same aim we ought to have. Hope of God has been given to those who have been raised with Christ. The promise of eternal life is secured for God's children. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Our hope is that we will one day walk in a land where there is no doubt, no mistrust, no spoken lie around us, among us, or within us. A land where all God's children will walk fully knowing the truth of God. Let's pray.
God, thank you that you would give us your word, reveal yourself to it, reveal your truth to it, reveal it to you, that you would save people and make a people for yourself, and that you would give them a hope that's secured, that's sure, that's steady, our hope found in all the work of Christ. I pray you would make us a truth-telling people to each other, that we would trust each other, that our trust in you would be deepened. I pray these things through the name of your Son. Amen.